Welcome to Micromobility, a podcast exploring the disruptive potential of lightweight utility vehicles. Using the history of computing as a framework, we examine how these technologies will upend everything we thought we knew about the future of urban transport. The host of the show is Horace Deju, founder of Asimco.com, and I'm his co-host, Oliver Bruce. Hey folks, Oliver here. This week I interview, or I re-interview, David Hyman. CEO of Unagi Scooters about their new subscription service, as well as a wider discussion about the state of owned micromobility and the vehicles therein. It's a great conversation. David has a great perspective on the industry, along with studies that they've done and commissioned from the Haas Business School, looking at the addressable market and the opportunity for scooters beyond just renting them via shared schemes like Lime and Bird. It's an exciting conversation. I hope you enjoy it. In other news, we now have sales data from the NDP group showing that in the US, e-bike sales are up 190% over the last year. This is on the back of Van Moof forexing their global e-bike sales from 2019 to 2020 in Q2. Things are starting to heat up, and if you're not excited, you're not paying attention. In Australia, Bolt Bikes, who rent bikes specifically to couriers and are led by Mina Nada, who we've had on this podcast, changed their name to Zuma and announced an $11 million Series A. Congrats, team. Very excited to see the continued development in this niche. Finally, a Joe Biden ad released last week specifically cited micromobility as a solution to climate change and said that they'd invest in it. Small wins. I like it more when you win. And with that, here's David. And welcome back to Micromobility. I have with us today David Hyman, CEO of Inagi. How are you today? I'm really good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Um, we find you, where, where are you today, David? Today, I'm in Taos, New Mexico. I love Taos. It's such really? a... You've been here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to live in Santa Fe. And so um, I came up to Taos during that time. I love it because they've got earth ships, which are like crazy... Um, the, yeah, it's, it's like their claim to fame, man, that and the yeah. you know, skiing. You know, it's like uh, Burning Man out there 365 days a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot of people living off the grid um, in buses, uh, hundreds to thousands of people. So it's an interesting place with a deep history. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you, uh, have you permanently relocated, relocated there then? No. No, I have a vacation home here. Oh, cool. Where, you know, in the age of COVID, I find it more pleasurable to be. There's just forced social distancing because there's just nobody anywhere close to me. Yeah. And we've got a fast internet connection here now. Um, I also, as, as you may know, um, we have forest fires in the Bay Area in my hometown right now. So... Uh, my friends are walking around saying it's hard to breathe and uh, rolling blackouts and all that good stuff. So I think I'm just going to stay here for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, sounds good. Oh, sounds my good. God. What next is going to come? I completely. Mean, completely. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, so, so how, is the, uh, how is the scooter infrastructure in Taos? You, can you ride your scooters around there? It's no, and I didn't even bring it down. I oh, thought about it. Yeah. But where I live is really remote. It's dirt roads. 
Um, it's not scooter. It's not a scooter place, um, which is very much of a bummer to me. Um, but uh, hey, you never know. Totally. Well, could this is coming. Could things coming down the pipe from us one day that maybe are a little more off-road friendly? Oh, David, you said you weren't going to talk about anything that's coming down the pipe. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Nice. Um, cool. Well, look, I, I thought um, maybe what we can do is for the folks who don't know about Unagi, we've done a, a podcast in the past, and I'll link to that in the show notes, um, so that folks who can maybe come into this new uh, and want to go and dig in a little bit more detail can go and understand it. But um, we'll do a, a quick... Uh, you know, what a Dunagi uh, for, for anybody who's coming to this green. So, Dave, do you want to take us through your story as well? Because I think that it's also part, like so inherently tied to and very interesting part of the story of Dunagi. For sure, but I think maybe a Reader's Digest version. Yeah, know, sure, sure. We, yeah. we did the long form prior. Yeah. So, you know, I worked at the crossroads of, of music and technology for 25 years. I was a CEO at Beats by Dre running their subscription music business, which today is Apple Music with 30 million subscribers. Before that, I had built Gracenote, kind of the core technology um, that made MP3 encoding work and powered every three, every MP3 player in the world, including iTunes and, and a lot of music technology before that. Um, I just, I, I followed my passion and I became incredibly passionate about electric scooters. First from sharing um, and I quickly came to the conclusion that I would rather own one. I got frustrated with the sharing experience and I selfishly went out to find the perfect scooter for myself to buy, one that was portable and lightweight that I could take on BART and take into San Francisco from Oakland. And I think just the way I'm wired, the next thing I knew, um, I had to start a company. Um, and, and it was all prefaced on the belief that this was just an anomaly that the world got turned on to electric scooters from ride sharing first. Yeah. Um, I thought there, there is going to be a whole lot of people that go, that get turned on from the limes and birds of the world and then ultimately go through the decision cycle I went through that they'd rather own. So it started on a hunch. Um, and then we backed that hunch up with data. So um, I worked with the Haas Business School here in Berkeley, California, my neighbor from Oakland, um, on a research initiative about three years ago to try to understand what the market size was looking like for ownership. And we thought um, it was probably about a third of the market. Um, and I thought, well, shit, that's uh, a $10 billion market in and of itself. Yeah, um, really big market to play in. And uh, everyone was chasing the shiny unicorn of ride sharing. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this direction. <laughs> um, and, and aside from that, it was just where my, my passion was. And I wanted to build something incredible and beautiful that would provide pride of ownership and really work for portability. And so the design of something like that and the focus is very different than what you build for ride sharing, which as you know, have gotten bigger and bigger. They have to 
be able to handle vandalism. They're now, you know, north of 40, 40, 45 pounds and up. Totally. Um, yeah. It's a very, very different kind of um, design specification. Mm -hmm. So, so that was kind of the, uh, the birth of it. And yeah. um, I stumbled upon these like-minded individuals in China who had already started working on what to my eyes was by far the best portable electric scooter in the world. And we, we joined forces. Um, and that's, that's the, uh, that's how it all came about. Yeah. And so now you have launched, well, last year you launched the Unagi and it sh started shipping and it comes in a, it's a super lightweight. So what, uh, 20 pounds, something like that. It's about 26 pounds. 26 pounds. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, and it comes in the 250 watt and then the 500 watt configurations. And, um, so it's kind of gr grunty, lightweight, easy to pick up and walk around and customizable and very cool. And one of the things that I think has been, uh, the most genius out of all of this is that you can, if you go to the, if you go to the website, uh, on Nagi, uh, Nagi scooters.com. Correct. Yes, that you can customize the, that you can get all these very, uh, very amazing paint and color schemes and just make it your own. And I think nobody else really I can see is doing that in the market. They're thinking, you know, everybody's sort of going for specs and you've been going for the like, well, I want it to be cool and make it look nice and, and, well, and also have a big well, good quality. We, so. <laughs> we, we go for the specs too. I mean, our scooters are priced more than your average scooter coming out of China, like a Xiaomi or an Aiba uh, Segway. Yeah. Um, we, we build it for the high end of the market. It's from, you know, as Apple has called us multiple times, the, the iPhone of electric scooters. And the praise has been universal from the Virgin, Gadget, Gizmodo, uh, CNET. We won their shootout for best, best electric scooter. Um, we, we feel like we built the scooter too nice for sharing a scooter for adults who want something premium. That's going to last a long time, have great performance and be beautiful. I think yep. from the beginning of time when humans have, uh, you know, in a, in a cyborg way combined with wheels back, <laughs> you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, it's an ex once you've got a ride, whether it's your car or your bicycle, it's an extension of who you are. It's a reflection of who you are. And people decide, you know, purchase decisions around mobility has always been not just the specifications. Yeah, our, our scooter performs fantastically, but it's the whole package. Nobody, nobody tells you they bought their car just because of the zero to 60 um, acceleration specification yes. or the top speed. There's, there's a lot more to it that goes into your purchase decision around a car, a car or any mobility device. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the, the part that I, I, I I've watched with, um, some fascination has been the, the branding and the way that you've gone after the branding as well. And that, that as you say, it was, it wasn't just, it is, it's the whole kind of ownership experience and, and, and the way that you've positioned it and that a lot of, you know, where I hear about Unagi still is because some new celebrity has decided to buy one and is riding around on them, you know, and that, and that I think is such an interesting strategy, uh, you know, from a, it's very intangible 
these things about how cool it is that, you know, Billie Eilish rides around in one or Khaled rides around in one or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, kind of captured, I think, the zeitgeist around uh, what micromobility can be or, or, or will look like um, in the future. So um, nothing really to say there other than I just think it's really cool. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest and say it wasn't that it was like super intentional on my part. I come from 25 years in the music industry I know everyone in the music industry, <laughs> including a lot of the artist management. And so when I started the company, I mean, I don't disclose this, but I have a lot of people in the music industry as investors in Unagi as well. But it's, uh, you know, a friend of mine is recording with a new artist, Doja Cat. And he says, hey, man, I'm going to be with Doja Cat next week. You got to get me a scooter to give her. Um, right. And, you know, every week someone in my life either manages bands or knows the artists. It's, it's more casual where, you know, I'm like, hey, man, you got to get, you know, Kendrick a scooter or, um, and, you know, or Zed or Steve Aoki. And it just kind of happens because I've lived in the music world. Um, if, if I were ever to try this with an actor or actress, I would fail miserably. <laughs> or, I, I, or a politician for that matter yeah 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 I, I just well actually andrew yang is obsessed with unagi really um oh this yeah he great. rides he rides it every day he just asked for another one for his wife and um i'm going to be in new york in a few weeks i was going to hand deliver it to uh to him and his wife yeah so that's cool that's we do cool. have we do have one politician <laughs> <laughs> yep yep i love it i love it um and so talk me through as well because i mean you as you said you know when you had originally done the Haas study in 20 when was it 2018 2019 yep 2018 2018 that you'd said okay we expect that this market's going to be about a third for personally because like yep. and and this is the this is the you know as we saw that explosion of shared um Definitely, I think a lot of the industry has come around on the fact that, hey, look, personally owned is going to be a massive aspect of this. And I certainly have gone off. I went and bought my own scooter. Um, I'll make the trade-offs on the, it's a little bit more annoying to park, but I have it with me all the time I need it and I have a bit more control over what that vehicle is like. Um, yes. what, what else have you seen? Because I know you've done a little bit more research since then on how the market's evolving. Yeah, well... We did another study um, about three months ago because um, about a year ago, we had a hunch that there could be a market around a subscription service. And um, in Q4 of 2019, back in November of last year, we actually did a test on our site. We put up a subscription offering with the terms of what the service would look like, very similar to the one we just launched a couple of weeks ago. Yes, which we'll get and, to. Uh, yeah. And um, the data that we saw was pretty incredible. Like, there is a large market for people who prefer access over ownership. Um, they either don't want the commitment or they can't afford the full price. And um, 
you know, as a manufacturer, we just want to meet people where they are. And not everyone is, is uh, about purchase. So, and you know, when you think about the car world, right, I'm sure you know people in your world who are just religious about leasing. They're like, I only lease cars. Yeah. I'm a lease car guy. And some people are like, I would never lease a car. I like to buy cars. And so as a manufacturer, we just asked and said, if there are people who have other kind of financial modalities in their minds, we should be where they are. So we did this test. The data we saw was pretty awesome. And then we wanted to back that up with some more research. So we redeployed our uh, research initiative with some of the same people from the early one and then some new folks. Um, these are people who came out of places like Boston Consulting and Bain, yep. big, uh, big analyst firms. And so what was amazing to us from the new research that we've done is that one third of the people that we uh, uh, surveyed through a survey monkey with a large statistically significant sample set one third of the total said that subscription was their preferred means. So we went, wow. So two thirds of the market might be purchase and subscription. Um, and we felt that we built the best portable scooter for ownership for someone living in an urban environment who needs to get from point A to point B, uh, Know, relatively short distance, three miles and under. Yep. And we thought, well, who better to serve that market than us? Because the use case of under subscription is almost identical to purchase. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so we launched a subscription service a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So talk us through that. Unagi All Access. <clears throat> Unagi All Access. And so once again, paying homage to my my 25 years in the music space where a backstage all access pass is always. <laughs> I'm so not cool. I didn't even realize that. I didn't. Oh, is that Who what happens want, when you go to a concert? All access? Who doesn't want an all access pass? Touche. Touche. Holy Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we launched this in New York city and Los Angeles, uh, two weeks ago. And uh, maybe getting close to three weeks, something like that. But um, can't, can't disclose numbers, but we are blowing out our goals by about 5x. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, and you can't reveal any numbers, can you? You can't tell me, like, shipping, where, you've, where you're at? Okay. Okay. No, I can't. I mean, what I can tell you is, you know, on the, on the purchasing side of things, yep. you know, before Corona, we were selling hundreds of scooters a month. Yep. Once Corona hit, there's been this kind of seismic shift towards quote unquote, personal transportation, away yep. from public transportation, away from shared lifts and shared Ubers, um, even away from Rideshare scooters where people don't feel safe touching. Yeah. Or they're not even available on the streets because they all got banned. Yeah, they're not like available, that. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we went from selling hundreds a month to selling thousands a month. Uh, right. 
you know, we are now in places like Best Buy, um, and uh, the, the the market's really changing. There's uh, there's a lot of folks coming on board with you know who touch consumers in big ways who are seeing that there's a strong demand. And you know, these people are smart. They're looking at Google search results volume, and they're seeing massive increases in search volume around electric scooters. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that's what prompted folks like B&H Photo, who we've just signed on with, who's, you know, moving large volume for us. Uh, so, you know, we're doing great in the purchase world. Um, I can't divulge subscription numbers, but, uh, you know, early, you know, subscription really revolves around churn, right? Any subscription service is, you know, lifetime value, how long somebody stays as a subscriber. Um, those numbers, a lot of our model is built around assumptions regarding churn, right? Um, it doesn't matter whether you're Netflix or Peloton. If you're a subscription service, your business revolves around churn rates. And um, only three weeks out the door, there's no way to really assess what your churn rate is going to be. Yeah. Um, we think probably 90 days in the market, you can start to extrapolate what your churn rate looks like. Um, or get some sense. I also do think, we do think that people who cancel a subscription will most often probably cancel in the first three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you just sometimes... And they may just say, I just want to own this thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You might, you might say, I want to own one, or, you know, even 26 pounds is too heavy for me, or it doesn't fit my use case for whatever reason. Um, so we think we'll learn a lot in the first 90 days. Um, but my, my gut tells me that, um, you know, we're going to be expanding this beyond these two cities very soon. Yeah. Awesome. And talk me through, what does it include? What does what include? Oh, oh the subscription. So all access. So, so uh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's an amazing deal. Um, our, our scooters are, you know, priced at the highest end of the market. It's, about $1,000, $990 for our E500, which is a dual motor scooter. It's got, you know, peak power of about 1,000 watts and a nominal wattage rating of 500. That's double what you see from a Lime or Bird. Um, and it's really got enough torque to take you up pretty decent hills. Even me, six foot two and 200 pounds, I go up steep hills in the Bay Area. You're like, yep. you're kind of like a billy goat. Yeah. So that's the only one we're providing for a subscription. It's normally $990. Under, under our subscription, you get it for $39 a month with no commitment. There's a one-time $50 setup fee. And that's it. It comes with somebody at your door in under 24 hours. We actually have them wearing nice Unagi mechanics uniforms with the Unagi logo uh, embroidered <laughs> and yep. emblazoned. Nice. Um, and uh, you get a quick tutorial. Um, actually, I I'll give you a, I'll give you a scoop. Um, in, in about sixty days, um, it's going to come with a helmet as well. Oh, uh, is that a really cool helmet? I assume it's cool. It it is going to be a cool helmet, and it'll be a Nagi branded helmet. Yeah, nice. Um, we, we care a lot about safety, but the challenge with, with helmets has always been that it requires 
um, a fitting. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. And, and you can't just give somebody a helmet and not know if it's the right size. And even if people think they're large or think they're medium, you never really know. No, totally. So yeah. we're working through that. It's going to come with a helmet. One of the coolest things about it is if anything happens to your scooter, um, you know, we're at your door in under 24 hours and we just hot swap and give you another one. So, so that's, that's never theft, damage, maintenance, all that sort of stuff. It's all taken care of. Well, so, so if it's theft or um, if you, um, you know, tried to do a um, stunt and jump off a curb um, and it was damaged from Trying to grind manufacturer's defect. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a manufacturer's defect, if it's a manufacturer's defect, we own it. Yeah. And it's a no questions asked. If you do something to it or it's stolen, um, there's insurance and there's an $85 deductible, right. which is incredibly reasonable considering it's a thousand dollar scooter. So, yep. you know, we want to keep people, people uh, on the good side of things, you know, take care of it. Uh, don't leave it on the street completely unattended. Um, so we try to keep good people good and remove some bad actors from the equation. I hear you. Anytime you're done with the subscription, we're immediately at your door and it's over. Um, uh, no questions asked. Yeah. So to put the $39 in perspective, okay, that's $1.40 a day. The average Lyme bird rider, okay, your daily commuter, you're spending a, uh, close to $10 a day on a Lyme bird. It's about yeah. three to five bucks a ride. That, that's about $200 a month. Okay. You could have the, the best portable electric scooter in the world, the Unagi, for $39 a month. $1.40 a day for unlimited rides is like, I mean, somebody just told me a New York City subway token is now, I think it's $3.50. Yeah. I mean, I certainly, I think, I think through that and I just go, I, I agree. I mean, Horace and I have talked a lot about the, you know, the fact that these are going to end up being the cheapest on a per kilometer basis out of any sort of yeah. mode of transport. Yeah. And even, you know, when you start getting to that price point of a dollar 40 a day and it can do, you know, you've got what, 10, it'll be 10 cents a mile or something like that and end up being cheaper. If you start yeah. being able to charge it and stuff, that's yeah. I yeah. think very compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, who's it, so, who's it going to be yeah. targeted at? And like, who are you finding other people who are opting in? Yeah. So I don't know the answers yet because we have not done any kind of post-purchase survey on who the subscribers are, but our, we did a post-purchase survey on buyers about three, four months ago and our buyers skewed older than we thought. Like, our, our buyers have been about 80% male and really like north of 30 years old. You know, 30 to 50-year-old males is our sweet spot. And that's partially because it's a $1,000 scooter, right? Um, so, you know, in the past when we had done stuff with Billie Eilish, like, Totally the wrong market for us. <laughs> oh, well, right. I want to ride one for rides, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. But at least from a purchase perspective. But, but now that we've moved into 
the $39 a month price point, it really changes our demographic, we think, right? Where it's going to skew younger um, and broader and more reflect kind of the broader demographic. So that, that's just our assumption. Um, there's probably a pent up audience of people who want to do Nagis, but you know, couldn't afford it. Um, or maybe our financing partner who finances them, turn them down for whatever reason. Yep. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we, we would love to see a lot more women riding the scooter. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because I know when we first talked um, that your point around lightweighting was that you thought that more women yeah. would buy it because it was going to be uh, like, you know, certainly the feedback yeah. I have a boosted rear, but right. it's a very heavy scooter. And right. when I've tried this people right. that are like, oh, that's way too heavy for me, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, my takeaway is probably like if we're only 20% female, our heavier weighted competitors are probably. 2% female. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you don't see a woman on a boosted rep. Um, except in the, except in their marketing photos, but then, you know, they're not selling them anymore. Oh, anyway, so. okay. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, man. You've got like a vintage uh, collector's item. I do. I do. Um, still, yeah. still one of the best, best money yeah. I've ever spent. I love that thing. It's a dream. Yeah. You know, yeah. so awesome. I'm, Got it. It's well, you, you, you are a man that are, is comfortable carrying a very heavy scooter. So maybe you don't carry it. Maybe you live on the ground floor and, uh, and uh, you just ride it in one flat dimension. No, inevitably you do have to carry it because you come to stairs and, yeah. and things like that. And uh, so it is. I mean, it's, again, I, yeah, I'm a big guy. I don't mind carrying it around. But I think if you were... Uh, more particular. Well, we're going to get you in a, a Nagi eventually. <laughs> and you'll have, you know, yeah. then you'll have a staple. You'll have, you know, like car guys who have to have a car, different cars for different uses. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really, I'm actually looking forward to my micromobility staple. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Some, someone like you should, should have a, a plethora yeah. at your disposal. Yeah, totally. Um, so talk me through so the, the, other than the, obviously, the sales data, which you can't share, has there been any other sort of response um, so far about scooters? Like, have you received any feedback have you, have you, in the sense of, okay, so it's 5x what you thought it was going to be? I'll tell, you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you some interesting data points. I mean, we launched in LA and New York partially because we, for months we, we couldn't decide between the two. <laughs> and they're, they're both very different. You know, LA's got this kind of, birth of the e-scooter phenomena vibe where bird came from there. You go to Venice or Santa Monica, you can't take three steps without tripping over an electric scooter. We thought you gotta be there. Like that's, that's like the epicenter. Yep. And then we saw that scooters just became legal in New York city. And, uh, and there was a very real need with, COVID and people's inability to get around and take public transportation. It's not a car city. You know, it's not like LA where everyone's in their own little bubble cruising around. Um, and so we were torn. So we said, let's go in both. They'll, they'll tell us different things about the market. One's a city that's very car culture driven. And one is a city where nobody owns a car. Um, 
And New York is outperforming LA significantly. Really? Interesting. Yeah. LA, LA is still exceeding our goal. Yeah. But, but, but New York is crushing. Yeah. Um, so and do pretty you interesting. Not, you know, not how we thought it was going to play out. We, you know, um, yeah. my, my thing is I think about it is that New York, everybody lives in high rises. And so that light waiting actually probably matters there more. Mm -hmm. That's probably true. And, you know, people, people in New York spend their lives in public transportation, which a lot of people are afraid to do and might be afraid to be doing for years. Um, or, or you're taking Ubers and Lyfts that start at 13 bucks and go up from there. And you're still in the car with another human, human being in close uh, proximity. So, you know, I mean, I say this as if I knew, but I had no clue. You know, yeah. I, I talk like I'm intelligent now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll know? get some survey yeah. data back at yeah, some point yeah. and be able to confirm my, yeah. my, my thesis. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, so, so you're yeah. launching it without the without sort of um, uh, kind of GPS or anything included at this stage tracking. I mean, if it if it goes missing, how are you, how are you thinking about that? That is correct. I mean, yep. we will have GPS in, in our next generation, but um, we do enough right now that we feel uh, protects us from bad actors. I mean. Yep. When you rent or lease a car, um, there's no GPS in those either. It should be, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think about it you and know, I just go, well, you know, way the, lower the, your, the, the, your rates, right? You know, the thing is, like, you know, we're hooked into financial systems when you subscribe that, like, if you just decide to bail out, I mean, we pretty much know who you are and it will, it will affect your credit rating, like anything. Like if you decide not to pay your cable bill or your phone bill. Um, so it's treated in the same, same way. And so, you know, it keeps, keeps good people good, you know, and, and minimizes uh, bad actors. Yeah. I hear you. Well, um, look, I, I, the, the final part that I wanted to dig into is just understanding the, you know, you know, to our discussion in the beginning, you're in Taos. There isn't anything there in terms of scooter infrastructure. One of the, th you know, in a wider sense, um, what have you seen since we talked last time around conversations around things like better infrastructure, bike lanes, et cetera, to actually accommodate these vehicles. Um, and, and I think there's, you know, I'm thinking RuPaul being very famously yeah. big advocate for bike lanes in New York. I know it's fascinating. Um, you know, we're as a small company with a lot on our plates, we're not at the forefront at kind of participating or leading any of those conversations. My knowledge is like yours. It's from what I read. Um, and, you know, I just have, I think we intrinsically have a belief that things are moving in this direction globally. Um, you know, the, the mayor of Paris is obsessed with 
with the concept. And, you know, I can get to Billie Eilish. I've been trying to get to the mayor of Paris to get her an Unagi, and I've been failing miserably. So, yep. You know. Any, if you're listening, <laughs> David wants yeah, to yeah. give you a scooter. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, and you're seeing legality of scooters and a, 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 a kind of a sea change happening in London. We're seeing this happen all around the world. And, and COVID is just, you know, pushing us faster into the future. Uh, I wish I could tell you of my knowledge of big plans for cities to make sweeping changes. I don't. Um, you know, it's, I, I think, you know, the way these things go is like New York and London, all of a sudden there's going to be shitloads of scooters. Yeah. Right? And these scooters are going to be sharing the roads with cars. They're going to be sharing the sidewalks with pedestrians because scooter riders often just do whatever they want to do when totally. they do it. Yeah. Um, and it's going to start creating real safe, problems. Right? Yeah. They're going to have to respond. And, you know, it's governments, they, they're not going to lead the charge for the most part. They'll be responsive. <laughs> Right? So you're going to have shitloads of scooters and then you're going to start to have real problems. You're going to have accidents with cars, accidents with people, and they're going to have to do it to serve, to serve the public. And, uh, you know, that's how I think it's going to play out. Yeah. I, I certainly feel uh, that, I mean, having looked at the sales data, right. You just, yeah. like, well, mate, we've, we've seen an explosion, especially in e-bikes like the, um, and during during lockdowns and and then um, and um, and then the the, the kind of the, this post period. So Giant just uh, released sales figures data yesterday and said it's it's um, it's up by twenty five percent in the month. Oh, sorry, in, the, in Q two. And so I'm just really bullish on the that space. And as you say, it'll be a responsive thing from government saying, "Holy crap! How do we accommodate these things?" Rather than necessarily yeah. a, like, "Let's build it and they'll come." Yeah, and you know. You know, Lyme and Bird were, were no different than a lot of uh, disruptive entities that came before them, where, you know, a lot of people in tech have learned the only thing, way to get things done is you do it and beg for forgiveness later. Mm. Like, if you were to wait, if you were to wait for change, uh, it doesn't come. You kind of have to be the catalyst to push the change. Um, you know, I was in the music space for 25 years. Nobody was, subscription music wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for stuff like Napster and peer-to-peer networking, which forced, forced change, right? And so the consumers have spoken. They love electric scooters and, uh, and they're gonna ride them wherever they feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Until, until there's change, until there's some dedicated lanes. And uh, it'll be interesting how this all plays out because you have this, huge category of electric mobility devices, right? And they're all operating at different speeds. Like, are they all going to share the bike lane? Like, I've seen some crazy fast, you know, like these cafe cruisers that don't even have pedals. Oh, yeah. Cruisers. Yeah. You yeah. know, like Super 73 and that whole category. You know, these things are cruising down bike lanes, like, but they're like, kind of like slow motorcycles. <laughs> Totally. And they're getting these 60 or 70 pounds, right? They're heavy as anything. Yeah, 60, 70 pounds. They're cruising fast. And those guys are cruising in bike lanes. I mean, that's not safe. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. I mean, certainly Horace and I have talked about that infrastructure, Christian, being like, we're going to get double speed lanes. We're going to have a slow lane and a fast yeah. lane. And it'll be, yeah. you know, it sounds crazy now. It's like we're, we're battling to even get the first thing, you know, just the basic thing. But yeah. we're going to go, no, we need yeah. multiple lanes like you have on a highway. This is the, you go slow if you're on this one and you go faster if you're on this one. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting times. Yeah, well, it's going to be really... Awesome. Sorry, yeah, with, with electric mobility, you know, coming in every shape and size, like these cities that have been trying, I used to live in Amsterdam in the 90s and they were talking about banning the city of cars in the 90s, right? It still hasn't happened, but like now you go, this is really possible. Like, you know, even, even the guys with delivery trucks could be uh, using smaller electric vehicles to get around and make deliveries like there's no we're getting to a very close inflection point where you just can't justify yeah um, yeah hey um I, I wanted to ask one final question before we hop off which is who else in the world do you think is doing really cool stuff in micromobility because i think that you guys are doing cool like you're doing cool in terms of being yeah. style leaders, um, who are yeah. the other groups that you kind of point to and you go, I really like what they're doing. I yeah. like their style, I like their aesthetic, et cetera. I mean, I, you know, I, I admire the marketing initiatives from Von Moof. Mm. They, are, they are definitely doing a very good job on the marketing front. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, well, actually, I just bought... Uh, a different electric bike from uh, Autostrada, the new 3D printed. Oh, you engine. did? Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that, that's my electric bike of choice. Um, I also love Go Cycle out of the UK, which are like uh, ex McLaren guys. That's a gorgeous machine that I have coveted from an industrial design perspective. Um, you know, Von Moof are the only guys I see that I like doing um, a great job on the marketing front. Um, I actually do like the Cafe 73 also. I mean, it's, it's a niche market, but they've got that kind of vintage Malibu, California, uh, Easy Rider, yep. Uh, yep. Which, which has a very specific aesthetic and appeals to a specific audience that's not super broad but i really appreciate it and love it um man who else do i think is doing a good job um you know um i forget how to pronounce their name but the uh fleet uh subscription service out of holland oh swap fiat's Swap feeds. Yeah, they're yeah. they're doing a, they're doing a really good job. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm admirable of their efforts. I was thrilled to hear that Brompton is launching a subscription service. I know. I was yeah, chuffed you know? about that as well. Yep, yep. We've seen well, but and that was in the, so, in the newsletter. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like they're a kindred spirit. They're also really focused on portable and lightweight. They're also a manufacturer that historically has been focused on the purchase model and is now branching into subscription. It was amazing to see their announcement like one week after hours. So, um, you know, I totally love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. I mean, 
Nice. And then... Um, what about you? What are you seeing? What do you like? Well, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I mean, I, I love Van Mouth. I think they've, they've nailed that shopping and retail experience. If you go into one of their stores, it's really... It's like, you know, they kind of have like three bikes and you just sort of see it. And then you go out for a test ride, but it's yeah. super slick on its branding. It's super slick on its... Um, on what matters to a consumer, not the whole like, hey, this has a, you know, thousand watt motor and this is the Shimano, like nobody cares. It's just like, no, this is a nice bike. It will, well taken care of. I mean, it has all the, the, spec game, the spec, yeah, yeah, the spec game really burns people because there are so many products that come out of Asia with specs and we buy a ton of them because we want to see what the competition is doing. And then you take it out of the box and you go, this thing sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is just a piece of shit. Like yeah. nobody would ever want to own this thing. This is awful. And like, I feel bad for all the people who got caught up in some online specification of, of the product and then took it home and, you know, I mean, some of them are broken right out of the box. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'd say, I'd say, uh, Van Malph, I really like, um, I really, you know, I really like what you guys are doing. I, it's funny. I actually really like Segway. Um, I think the, the, you know, the uh-huh. Max is, I think, well, the Xiaomi, you know, they're just, they're pretty practical and they're, they're workhorses and they're, you know, the design, okay, they've probably got a bit to work on, but I think that they're, they're for, for a mass market, they're, they're solid. Um, but I don't, but I don't like their, any of their, you know, I think they've got a long way to go on what it looked like for a company store or anything else. And that sort of the whole end to end retail experience. Yeah. Um, but right. yeah, I mean, they have, they have no customer service. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of issues. Like if your air, if your if your air pneumatic tire punctures on one of those, um, good, you know, good luck. Yeah. I, yeah, I had a Xiaomi Mi 365 yeah. and I popped three tires and, <laughs> I, I, but I had it on a, I had it on a like subscription service with a, with a, oh, okay. and I just drop it in and he'd give me a new one. So I was like, that's, that's cool. the dream. Yeah. That's that was cool. totally, cool. as you say, you know, yeah. that's what you want. You don't want to have to think about it. I've read people on Reddit forums, like they have to put the tire in a microwave oven to try to <laughs> soften the rubber. Yeah. Seriously. It was like this whole crazy approach to putting the tire on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you're having to put a tire in the microwave, things were probably not designed very well in the get-go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Hey, look, well, yeah. brilliant, David. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was great to chat as always. Thanks, and um, congratulations yeah. on the launch. And um, yeah, looking forward to, to having you on in the future to let us know about what a uh, scooter that might work in task would look like and, uh, and hey. a, bit more, a bit more about your churn rates, hopefully, if you can start sharing that sort of stuff in a little while. So, um, yeah, yeah. In the meantime, you just take care of yourself, eh? Cool. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Excellent.